You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So today we're going to continue on and look at the odds, the win-loss odds, whatever you want to call it, for the NFC. And yes, this is me telling you that uh, there was no podcast yesterday. I'm going to try, because nobody's here right now, to slam two podcasts down today. We'll see how it goes, but just keep your eyes open. But anywho, in an effort to uh, get as much done today as possible, we're just going to jump into the break and get started right away. All right, continuing on with the madness now, let's start with the NFC East. I think I've got a different website, but it, it doesn't matter. It's not really about the website. But this one is looking at DraftKings FanDuel and something called CG Technology. But anyways, last year the Dallas Cowboys went 10-6. and six. Um, FanDuel and CG have them at 8.5. DraftKings has them at 9. So that's another one where I'm a little bit glad to see them taking them backwards because if you were to, I feel like if you were to just take a poll, the general consensus is they were 10 and 6, but they were getting better, right? You know, you got Amari Cooper at the end of the year and all of a sudden they become a really good team. They're going to be dominant. It's going to be crazy. And I really wasn't buying it. I've said I don't know that Amari is all that great. I don't, I mean, everybody's either good to okay. Not everybody, but, you know, Amari Cooper. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, I think they're all overrated. And the fact that Vegas right now is looking at this, now think about this for a minute. We know the defense is pretty solid. We know the linebackers, not not across the board, but the linebackers are maybe the best group in the NFL. They've got an elite pass rusher, some decent corners. If, if it's true that Amari Cooper is a top-tier wide receiver, Dak Prescott is a great quarterback, and Ezekiel Elliott is one of the best running backs in the NFL, why in the world with this team that still has a very good offensive line not be an 11-12 win team, especially in a division with the Redskins and the Giants. That should be an automatic four, and then they should just be beating up on everybody. What are they missing? Nothing. Because the fact of the matter is, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and Amari Cooper are all good. They're not great. None of them are top 10 in any of their respective categories. Now, would I be stunned if they get to 10 wins? No. I don't think they're a bad football team. Again, I said Prescott is good, Elliott is good, and Cooper's good, and we've seen what Elliott can do behind a talented offensive line. So Elliott has a big year. Prescott is serviceable. Cooper helps bail the team out. If Gallup takes a leap, that's a good offense. they got a good defense on top of it. So I'll probably take the over, especially on the 8.5, because I, I kind of like 9. But even at 9, I guess I'll take the over. But again, this, this is maybe a 10-win team. Maybe. right? If I'm forced to go over or under, in other words, are they going to get 8 or are they going to get 10? I'll say 10, but I think the idea and the hype that, you know, still got a great offensive line, Cooper's elite, Prescott's elite, uh, Elliott's elite, no, they're not. If they were, this would be a 13-win team. There are other teams 
that have elite quarterbacks and running backs and wide receivers like the Saints, and they don't have a defense quite like the, the Dallas Cowboys. Why is there such a discrepancy, and why in the world are betting websites saying that they're going to be, you know, put the line at 8.5? Because it's not true that Prescott, Elliott, and Cooper are all that great. That's why. Next up is the Eagles. Eagles last year were 9-7. and seven. All three of these uh, sites have them at 9.5. This one for me is an easy over because I think they're better than the Cowboys. I think Alshon Jeffrey is underrated and Amari Cooper is overrated to the extent that if I had to choose, maybe I'd take Amari. But I don't know definitively that he's better than Alshon Jeffrey. And on top of that, they have Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Eagles also have a very, very good offensive line. Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. And defensively, it's, it's maybe a wash. Eagles have a better defensive line. Dallas has better linebackers. I, I, I couldn't really care less. But bottom line, if the, the uh, Dallas Cowboys are a 10-win team, then the Eagles are definitively a 10-win team. I do think the Eagles are going to win the division. That's not a for sure thing. I mean, it's, it's going to be one of those two teams. I really doubt Washington or the Giants are going to pull it off, although also possible. But I, I just think the Eagles are a better football team. So yeah, I'm going to put them in that 10-ish category. Maybe 11. And, and beyond that, the, the biggest tiebreaker here, even if they're pretty similar teams, is the head coach. It's the offensive scheme. It's the fact that the Eagles are running an Andy Reid kind of offense, and I don't know what Dallas is doing. And again, I'm not trying to trash Dallas. They're a good enough team. But again, you get a new running back and a new quarterback in one year, and you start to tear it up, and after that, it just doesn't work anymore. It kind of seems like maybe you kind of got figured out a little bit. But anyways, going over on the Eagles. Man, <laughs> every time I feel like I'm going to have a hot take, it's like, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, I mean, it, Vegas knows what they're doing. That's the bottom line. But the Washington Redskins were 7-9. and nine. They went out and got a new quarterback. So it's kind of like, you know, maybe they're going to have a decent year. Well, the lines are set at 6.5, 6, and 6. Bottom line, I, man, oh, man, that's, that's tough. I, it's not even so much the quarterback. It, it's everything else. Um, offensive line is mediocre at best. I hate, hate, hate hate the wide receiver situation there. Just don't like it at all. Um, maybe they can get some help with, um, you know, either Adrian Peterson or hopefully for their sake, Darius Geis can step up and, you know, provide some help in that area. But even the defense, I just, you know, I, I thought Collins was overpaid. I don't think he's as good of a safety as he was made out to be. They don't have good linebackers. They don't have a good free safety. You know, the defensive line is okay. You know, Ryan Kerrigan is, is decent. He's scary enough. Josh Norman, I've already said, that he's been overhyped for a long time. He had one good year, cashed out, and hasn't been good since. Um, but six, I don't know if I want to say five wins. So I'm actually going to go over and say they're a seven-win team. I, it, it could really go either way, and it really just it's sort of like the Packers. Where there's just a lot of question marks, specifically what is Haskins going to provide for this team? And if they are going to be sort of a ground-and-pound team that tries to just win with uh, running the ball and defense, and Haskins is just going to be there to supplement, maybe this could work. Not, you know, I mean, that's not a good way to play football in general, so I, you're not going to be a Super Bowl-caliber team, but could you get seven wins out of that? Probably. So, again, if I have to choose between five and seven, I, I, I like six, but if I have to choose between five and seven, I'll say seven. The Giants, and it's somewhat of a hot take, I guess, I, but I've, I've said it before, so not so much. I, I'm higher on them than I think most people are. I think their roster is better than people give them credit for, but I'm also really scared because similar to the Lions, it's not even a matter of the roster. It's just there's something else going on. I don't know if the coach is just garbage. The ownership 
definitely some questions. I mean, just based on the, so the, uh, the win totals, they have five and a half, six, and six, and they won five last year. Based on the roster, yeah, it's over. I mean, I'll, I'll happily go over five and a half and say six wins, and I think they can beat that. They have a good offensive line. They have capable wide receivers, much more so than the Washington Redskins. They have one of the best running backs in the NFL behind a completely new and revamped offensive line. They have a good receiving tight end. They have a good defensive line. They have decent enough safeties. They drafted a young, talented corner in DeAndre Baker, who's going to be across from Janoris Jenkins, who's, you know, decent enough. The one real big knock against them is that they don't really have a pass rusher after getting rid of Olivier Vernon. But, I mean, again, it's it's hard not to take the over on this. And I actually like this situation for, and I, you know, maybe Eli's going to play the whole year, but ideally Daniel Jones comes in at some point and plays. And it's a much better situation for a young quarterback to come into because he has a talented offensive line. Tight end is one of the most important positions to protect your young quarterback, and they have a talented one. They've got Golden Tate on the team, who is a veteran who's going to be able to help out a lot. Saquon Barkley is going to be one of his best friends ever, just because of what he's going to be able to do. I mean, there's no, I shouldn't say no, but there aren't many better situations for a young quarterback to come into than just having a good offensive line, talented veterans, receivers, and one of the most talented young running backs in the NFL. And the defense isn't great, but it's not horrible. So I guess I could cheat and say they're going to go over five and a half wins because I feel good about at least six. I know there are some people out there say, oh, they're, they're not even going to get four. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure if you compare it again, go to the, the teams they're going up against and say, well, that's a loss, that's a loss. It's, it's hard to get to six or seven wins, but there's going to be teams that they're better than, and there's just going to be teams that maybe they're not as good, but they're going to win anyways. So I went, I'm going to go over, and I went over on just on every single one of these teams, but again, I don't necessarily love any of them. I don't know that any of them are, are super big uh, Super Bowl contenders, maybe with the exception of the Eagles, because they know how to win. And I think they have a, a, a talented defense and a talented quarterback, which is the formula. And technically, Dallas does too. I mean, good enough quarterback. But as far as divisions go, the NFC North, the NFC South, the NFC West, they all have much scarier teams than the NFC East. The North might be somewhat similar to the East, but I think there's more high-end potential. Speaking of, we're going to be skipping the NFC North, obviously, and doing that last. And we're going to jump to the NFC South and look at first the New Orleans Saints. So the Saints won 13 games last year, and um, all three sites have them at 10 and a half. I just, in my opinion, that's an easy over. I know in general these sites aren't going to go, you know, they're not really going to go below five or above 11, maybe. So some of these are going to be easy in my mind. I just, I don't see the Saints getting worse. I, I don't remember who I was listening to. Maybe it was the the Grapes and Gorak podcast. I don't know, but. Somebody was talking about the Saints, and they were just coming down hard. Like, I just don't buy it. I think they're going to regress. I, I I don't get it. I mean, I think they're going to hit a brick wall at some point, but it's not this year, right? Drew Brees leaving or, you know, the salary cap or both. But, I mean, how did they win last year? Well, they've got one of the best tackle duos in the NFL. They still have it. They've got one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. Still have that. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, still there. Talented defensive line is still there with Davenport possibly taking a big leap. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore at corner is still there. I mean, who did they lose that's going to make this team trash? And I understand it's hard to sustain, but I don't see them getting worse. And if we're just going to set set the uh, set the number at 10.5 wins, yeah, I'll, I'll give them 11. So, yeah, pretty easy over for me on that one. 
Next is the Falcons. Uh, the rest of the division last year went 7-9 for the Falcons, 7-9 for the Panthers, 5-11 for Tampa. Uh, all three sites have the Atlanta Falcons at 8.5 wins. Here's the tricky part with the Falcons. I, I want to say, and I, I'm hoping there's going to be an under at some point in this podcast or else this doesn't make any sense. I feel like this should be an easy, easy over. Because just looking at the roster, it's like, okay, well, they're better than what they were last year. But here's the biggest problem. What did they do to fix it? The Packers were a mess. The Packers are obviously better than what they did last year. Okay, that's fine. What did the Packers do to fix it? Well, look at what they did in free agency. They hired a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, a bunch of new defensive and offensive coaches all across the board. They went crazy in free agency. Right? There's no question what they did. So it's a matter of, here's what the problem was. We've identified it and we've fixed it, or at least we've tried to. So you can either buy into it or not. What did the Falcons do? Do they have a new head coach? No, but they do have a new offensive coordinator, so we could possibly say that's going to be the biggest thing. problem I have with that is Dirk Cutter was already the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, and things didn't go well. Right? He was there under the Mike Smith era. So Mike Smith got ousted along with Dirk Cutter. So I, I, I don't know. I mean... It, don't want to get too far into that. I mean, the, the team kind of reminds me a little bit of the Saints on offense. Matt Ryan isn't as good of a quarterback, but Julio Jones is the wide receiver. They've got the offensive line. Again, it's not quite as good, but it's, it's can we get nine wins out of this, this offense? With Grady Jarrett on defense, and, and we've got, you know, I mean, there's talent kind of across the board. But again, the biggest question is, why did things go so wrong, and did we fix it? And I just don't know if Dirk Cutter is going to be it. But at eight and a half, I have to choose between eight wins or nine wins. <sighs> I'm going to give them nine. I mean, I, I could choose 10 or 11 wins. I could do whatever I want. I'm just saying eight and a half is, is not horrible. They won seven last year. I, I, I just, I, I think that was astronomically bad. And I, I almost think if they just play up to their potential, they're at least a 10-win team. But again, I'm just concerned. What was the issue and did it get fixed? But again, I'm going over nine wins for the Falcons. And essentially what nine wins means is they didn't necessarily fix the problem, but they're, they're just at least playing a little bit better to their, their strengths. Right? Just, just play up to your potential. But nine wins is still, there's problems here. Next up is the Panthers, and um, this is kind of what I mean about when I say I, I don't mind the Giants. Now the Panthers are a better team, but they're, they're kind of, I feel like I'm looking at the Giants. Right? The, the, the wide receivers aren't great but they're decent I think the Giants maybe have better wide receivers the offensive line is okay the Giants might have a better offensive line Christian McCaffrey's great I think Saquon Mark Barkley's better and Cam Newton I understand has some strengths but as I've said before I'm, I'm really not high on Cam Newton and although he's better than Eli again if Daniel Jones can come in and just be decent ah, I mean he's not gonna have as many rushing yards as Cam Newton but can he be as good of a quarterback I think he can now, the defense is a strength, but I also think that the Panthers' defense is overrated. I, I don't see a ton of real good corners for the Panthers. I don't see great safeties for the Panthers. I don't see good pass rushers. They drafted Brian Burns. We'll see what he can do as a 4-3 defensive end. Kwan Short, Gerald McCoy, and Luke Keekley. Very talented players, but that's three. Three players does not an elite defense make. So, I, I'm... I haven't even seen what the numbers are yet. I feel like I'm probably going to come in over anyways. But that's just me saying I'm not buying the Panthers hype, if there is any. And I know there is some. And a lot of it is predicated on they have this great defense. They've got a very talented quarterback. And Christian McCaffrey is just elite. Which maybe Christian McCaffrey thing is, is pretty close to being correct, at least. 
but the rest, eh. and oh, here we go, seven, seven and a half, and eight. So again, I'm trying to come out with a hot take, and uh, the sports betting websites, Vegas, whatever, they're kind of looking at Carolina and going, eh, they're not very good. I just, I can't even be hot takey here. But I think I'm going to be a little bit hot takey. I'm, I'm going to go with seven. So the, the options, you know, and I can go over, under, whatever. But I'm going to go under eight, and I'm going to go under seven and a half. I'm going to say seven. I just think things are trending downward. Uh, again, I don't see a lot of pass rush. I think whatever talent they do have, which is minimal, is getting very old, right? Luke Keekley has still got it, but, it, I mean, it's he's getting old, right? You don't have, um, you haven't had Greg Olson, at least peak Greg Olson, since 2016. You still don't have wide receivers, and maybe somebody will step up, but it, what do you have? Kwan Short's going into his seventh season. Gerald McCoy's going into his tenth Keekley's going into his eighth. So, I, you know, I just don't see much here. I just don't. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with seven for the Panthers. I don't think they're going to have a very good year at all. Something, I think something substantial has to happen here. I don't understand the Brian Burns pick. I don't see that as a good fit for their scheme. Brian Burns needed to be, I mean, I don't know, whatever. It's just this, this weird, I mean, I, Matt Paradis is a good center. I don't know why that needed to be the biggest thing. Is it just because we're going to run the ball constantly? I just, I, I don't get, what, what what are we trying to accomplish? I, I don't get it. I don't see the path. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm saying seven. I just, I don't get it. Finally, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, somewhat of a, uh, kind of depends where you fall. I don't think too many people expect a lot from Tampa, but there's kind of some questions, right? Well, we've got a new coach, and maybe he can make some magic happen. He had a lot of success with Arizona, and we saw how good he was, because once he left, they went from being a, playoff caliber team to the worst pile of garbage football team we've ever seen. So the numbers for Tampa are six and a half, six and a half, and six. They won five games last year. I'm going to go over with Tampa. I don't necessarily buy the hype, but if you remember last year, a lot of their wins came in just these fantastic, just blowouts, right? Just, just wild and crazy stuff going on. I think it was wild and crazy because the, the the team didn't necessarily know the the elite talent was there and it flashed. They just didn't know how to utilize it, how to harness it properly. So it would culminate in one game getting 50 points and blowing a team out of the water. The next week you're getting 14 and losing spectacularly. Now I'm not a big fan in in Jameis Winston. I don't necessarily buy the hype that um, you know uh, who is it Ronald Jones is going to be the next big thing because look what happened in Arizona with David Johnson. Maybe you'll have a little bit more success. I don't necessarily buy it. The offensive line isn't great, but Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, there's some talent there. The The defensive line and linebackers are not terrible. Corners might be, but the defensive line and linebackers, especially after drafting Devin White, is not terrible. I think that, you know, they've got something to build around, and, and you know, maybe it's just a seven win, might even be an eight or nine win season for them. I don't know. But I think the biggest question is going to be Jameis Winston. It's interesting because if they do terribly, you look at it and say, okay, Winston's not the guy. But what if they do kind of well? I still think it's time to get rid of Winston. Unless Winston's a reason they're doing well, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think maybe if they do well, that's even more reason to move on because he's going to be the one holding it back, right? This isn't the answer. Jameis Winston isn't the guy to get us over the hump. So we'll see how it falls, and and I think they're going to win more games than is what is good for them, considering they're probably going to want a new quarterback. But I do think they're going to end up, I'm I'm even, what is the number set at again? Six and a half and six. I'm just going to give them eight. And I, I don't even necessarily super buy the hype in um, 
in Bruce Arians, just because I don't I don't know if that's exactly how this works, right? You had success with a certain group of people under certain leadership, under certain circumstances, and all you know, everything is a certain kind of way, and it just kind of worked. I don't think that makes you just this magician coach where we can just pull you from anywhere, put you anywhere, and that team's going to be elite. That's just not how that works. So it's kind of a wait-and-see thing. Beyond that, Bruce, I kind of feel like he wanted to be retired, and I just don't know how much he's into it. I mean, listen, he's, he's brilliant. I'm sure he's going to put in the adequate amount of work, but I remember watching Hard Knocks, and he talked about how important family is, and he required his team, you know, go be with your family, and that's all great. But I feel like that's still who he is, right? His family's number one. I think moving to Tampa is is beneficial because it's a good place to move your family and get a nice place and be out on the ocean and go fishing and swimming and all that kind of stuff. And I think this is just, uh, you know, an appealing opportunity for more reasons than just, I want to be the best coach. I want this team to win a Super Bowl, right? You don't take a job with the Bucks because you're hungry for a Super Bowl championship. So I, I don't know. Bottom line, I'm not super buying the Bucks, but I, I just I think he's a good enough coach that he's going to understand how to utilize the pieces a little bit better, and I think they're going to get seven, maybe eight wins out of the season. Anyways, with that, let's take uh, one more break, then we'll do the NFC West, and finally the NFC North. So looking at the LA Rams, it's going to end up being similar to the Saints, and the reason it's going to be so hard to not go over is because even if I look at this and I project that the Rams are going to go backward, they have the the win total at 10.5, meaning even if they go from 13 wins to 11 wins, I still take the over. The only reason I go, or the only way in which I go under is if I say they fall all the way down to 10 wins, which just isn't very good. I mean, it's, it's fine, but that that's quite a fall. And um, unless there is a defensive movement essentially figuring out a way to stop the Rams' offense, which would be pretty devastating... Um, considering we are now running the Rams offense, uh, I, I just, I, I just think it's, it's a, it's a good offense and their coach knows how to manipulate defenses and he does a good job with it. Obviously the Patriots were an anomaly because that's what the Patriots are. They're an anomaly, but they've got a great offensive line. They've got great wide receivers. They've got a talented tight end. Um, I don't know what exactly is going on with Gurley, but I think the run game is going to be fine. Goff is, is plenty talented. The defense although I don't necessarily understand all the hype. And it's not just hype. I mean, the production is solid. But, you know, who are their pass rushers? Well, okay, dumb question. Who are their outside linebackers? Because obviously Aaron Donald is it. You know, I don't know. I just... But it's it's fine, right? Aqib Tlaib is still, at his age, a good corner. Aaron Donald might be the best pass rusher in the NFL, they uh, still have John Johnson, who is, I feel like that's the first time I've ever said his name. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone ever say his name, but for two years now, he has been a dominant safety. He's very, very good, and they drafted Taylor Rapp to come in also, um, on top of having Eric Weddle, who's 700 years old, but is a talented safety. So all that to say, I would love to be able to say, you know, I think they're going to take a step back, but I, I don't even see that. And even if I did, I'm not having them step back to 10 wins. So that, long story short, that's an easy over. The Seattle Seahawks are going to be next. Um, I really want my hot take to be that uh, I really think this is going to be a fall-off year. And I've kind of been projecting that for, you know, too many years. But I kind of feel like the numbers, and again, I'm, I'm not looking yet, I feel like the numbers are going to be kind of low and I'm going to struggle with it. So I'm going to try something different. I think without looking at it, I'm going to put them at eight wins. 
I have not looked yet. That's the number I want to shoot for. If it's at eight, I'll pick something else. They got 10 wins last year. I, I think they're going to continue to slide. The, the only reason they're not way worse than they are, because, and again, I I just I don't like what Schneider's done for that team. And I know I keep saying that, and I know everyone's probably tired of hearing that, but I've, I've had a lot of pushback, and I don't really know why. And I know he built the whole Legion of Boom, so credit where credit is, is due. But but beyond that, it just I'm just enamored with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll for getting 10 wins with that roster. That offensive line is abysmal. The defense is a shell of its former self. It's, it's not even that it's not quite the Legion of Boom anymore. I don't even know that it's that great. I don't know that it's that good anymore. There's still lingering talent, there's no question. But it's just, it's not... A, it's just it's just not anymore. So I'm I'm going to continue that trend downward, but I'm not going below 8 and 8 because I still think they're going to just find a way to drag this team and usually they start slow and they get hot as the season goes on. And who knows, maybe they're just going to find success and I think if I have to choose over or under I will. But again, I'm putting it at 8. Let's see where I'm going to pause it cuz I have to find it. Ah, Seattle 8 and a half, 8 and a half and 9. So I am going to go oh, Eight and a half, eight and a half, eight and a half. That was a different team. So yeah, I'm gonna go under. But I, I, I just I kinda feel like and again, if if I had to choose over or under, I would have gone over. Eight and a half does kind of make sense. I guess if I had to put my own thing on it, it would be like eight point four, eight point three. In other words, it's just leaning a little bit more toward eight, but nine kind of makes sense. But I, I I just again looking at the roster, I don't care for it all that much, but I respect their ability to to just get a lot out of what they have so yeah eight wins for seattle i'm gonna i'm gonna continue i think that was more fun i want to do that more I'm gonna do it that way i'm not gonna look at the numbers first the 49ers they got four wins last year i mentioned that there is a bit of a hype train for the 49ers but um i, I just i don't know so it's gonna be higher than four i'm not a hundred percent on the hype train although i do think this is kind of the weird thing too because i, I want to give respect to kyle shanahan and aaron Rodgers did right he was watching him like dude that's it's crazy what they're doing. But I don't know definitively because I haven't... I mean, okay, we saw Kyle Shanahan with um, the Falcons when he was an offensive coordinator. That went well for the one year or two years or whatever, but it was that one really good year. But, you know, when he was with Washington, was it very good? Not really. When he was with the Browns, was it good? Well, he resigned. It hasn't been good since he's been with the 49ers. So I, I want to be all like, dude, it's Kyle Shanahan. He's like one of the greatest offensive minds ever. But it's kind of like, well, I mean, it's he's got to be able to put it together, right? He, I know he's, and that's kind of the thing that I have that makes me afraid of Lafleur. I know the guy knows crazy stuff, and he can, but it's just, can he put the picture together and get a win as a head coach? There's just more to it than just like he can draw up really cool plays and stuff, you know. And if you showed him, like, some defensive scheme, like, how could you counteract it? Like, I, I'm sure he could just draw something up. But being a head coach and, and structuring things and, you know, offensive and defensive and when we do meetings and how we do meetings and what are the rules and, you know, just all the little nuanced stuff that be, comes with being a head coach, I, I can't just sit here and say, dude, they have a great coach. I know they have a good offensive mind. So there's that. Garoppolo is almost the exact same. Right, I, I want to be like, dude, Garoppolo, if he comes back, ooh, boy, it's going to be a different story. He looked pretty good with the Patriots for that little glimmer. He looked great when he first came to the 49ers, and they were a team that couldn't win any games, and he went undefeated, and it's like, dude, this guy's a freak. But I still don't really know. And is he going to stay healthy? I don't really know. Offensive line, 
you know, Staley's a freak. McGlinchey's pretty solid. Otherwise, I don't know. Wide receivers, I don't know. Kittle's a freak. Got it. Defensive front has not been very good. Well, they went out and got Bosa and Ford. Should be pretty good, but I don't know. Ford just had like one good year, and it was a 3-4 outside linebacker, and now he's supposed to be a a 4-3 defensive end. Bosa should be really good, but I don't know for sure, and even if he is, he's got a lot to counteract here. I mentioned Richard Sherman, not what he used to be. I've mentioned, I mean, I talked about the 49ers recently because we did a recap, so I don't want to redo that, but I, I just, eh. So I'm, I'm kind of looking, honestly, like the first number that comes to mind is six, and I just feel like that's super disrespectful, and I feel worried to even say six. I just don't really see a, a path here. I mean, the Rams are going to stomp them out. There's no question about that. I think Seattle's got their number at least once, probably twice. I, I, I give, you know, the, the offensive scheme enough credit that they're going to be able to move the ball to some extent, but... I don't know. I mean, it's going to rely on a lot of question marks. Jarek McKinnon, what's he going to be able to do? Uh, G- Debo Samuel, who they just drafted. You know, I I just I don't see a huge amount of, of awesome here. I want to say seven because I want to err on that side, but I'm just going to... Jeez, I'm going I'm to... I don't know. I think I'm just going to go all in and say six. Yeah, so they've got it at seven and a half, seven, and seven. So basically, so it's good I said six because... If I would have said seven, I would have had to have chosen otherwise. Because basically they put it at seven, and I have to choose over or under. I don't have to, but that's kind of what I'm doing. And I'm just going to go with six. Seven makes sense, and it gives them a little bit extra. I just don't like the roster very much. And again, there's a lot of people who are like, dude, I think, um, what's his name? The guy that I like does all those video breakdowns and whatnot. But I think he was even talking about, oh, man, they're going to be real good. And that kind of perked my ears up, but I just... It's one of those things where I'm, I'm, I'm ready to embrace the L. I'm ready to say they're not going to be good, and they end up getting into the playoffs, and they do all this crazy stuff. But again, it's, it's kind of partially about guessing and just doing it for fun. It's also about learning stuff. Because if I'm wrong, it's kind of important to pay attention and see where I was wrong. I, I just don't care for the roster very much. So I'm going with six. I'm going with under on that. Finally, the Arizona Cardinals for this division. Another team, there's a lot of hype. I just, I don't see this getting much better. I, I don't see it getting much worse, which is kind of the problem. But they went 4-12. and 12. I, I don't buy the Kyler Murray stuff at all. I really, 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 really don't. And that's another one I, you know, I, I didn't watch him a lot. So I can't speak super highly. Here's the bottom line with Kyler Murray and why I, I don't really buy it. I believe, because I had been hearing this for a while, and I know as, as the draft got closer, he got hyped up even more and more, because that's what happens. You get more hyped as, as it gets closer. If you go back a month or two months prior to the draft, pretty much everybody would have said if these quarterbacks were in the draft last year, they would have been the third or fourth or whatever off the board. Now, I know that's not what was said on draft. You know, Kyler's way better than everybody in last year's draft, which I don't believe that. Bottom line is, though, I, I really think... And the little bit I watched of Kyler Murray I didn't care for very much. I think Josh Rosen was better. I think Josh Rosen failed. And and listen, it's a different kind of offense. And, you know, maybe with this offensive line, you get a guy that can run around a little bit. He's going to be better than a pure pocket passer. Because you get a pocket passer in a pocket that doesn't exist, he's not going to be able to pass when there's no pocket. So, I mean, I, I can see things going spectacularly well. If Kyler Murray is, is great on his feet... And the, the, you know, new head coach who I don't believe in either. I, I just, I don't know when, when college to, to pros doesn't translate very well to begin with, but you take a failed Texas Tech head coach. I think he was a head coach, right? 
But the guy was fired because Texas Tech was not good, and then he gets hired by the Arizona Cardinals. So not only does he need to take his offense or his 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 head coaching ability, which was not working in college, make it work in the pros, make it translate from college, although you don't want it to perfectly translate because it would then be translating... You know, you don't want to translate a bad team to the pros because then it's going to be a bad team. So there's so many things that need to happen that need to be better, even though it's harder. I, I don't know what how this is going to work. So you, you have to fix it and then translate it to the NFL and work with a rookie quarterback and a not great offensive line, although they have more potential than what they were showing. But David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald is still a talented guy. I really like Christian Kirk, and I like Christian Kirk in this kind of offense, right? It's it's a, a flashy kind of offense. He's he's kind of one of those get the ball in your hands. You know, it's going to be a lot of misdirect. You know, all, it's going to be very modern, a lot of like what we talk about with the Packers and everything else. I think Christian Kirk's going to fit into that pretty nicely. So I, I can see this going well, and I don't hate their defense very much. Patrick Peterson is still getting it done. They drafted Byron Murphy, another corner. They got Chandler Jones and Terrell Suggs, who both of which are on the downslope of their career, but you know, they're, they're better than a lot of the other guys we've talked about up to this point, the pass rushers on other teams. Jordan Hicks is a good linebacker. DJ Swearinger is a good safety. I mean, if the offense can get going, I mean, this team could be pretty lethal. I'm just saying I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. There's just a lot. The, the big question marks, I'm, I'm leaning toward no. I'm not really believing in Kyler Murray, although definitely, you know, if he can do what, ba- what Baker Mayfield did, it's going to be great. I just don't really buy it. So what did I say? They won five games? No, they won three. It's, it's tough because it's it's hard to say, well, they're going to get better, but not just be, because it, if it gets better, it could be really, really good. So I'm, I'm trying to, I'm just going to go four wins. I mean, it, 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 that, that's the hard part, though, because if, if it just, if it goes as, it, it feels like in my mind it's either going to go spectacularly wrong, in which case they may not even get three wins. On the other hand, if he can make, if the head coach and, and the offensive coordinator, et cetera, can make this work, suddenly we're talking about eight, nine, ten wins. So four is just weird. Like, how do you get to how? How did I come up with four? I don't know. But bottom line is, I don't think it's going to work. Um, maybe like the what happened with Tampa Bay, where the talent is there and it flashes at times, and they eke out a couple wins, whatever. I'm just putting it at four. Maybe let's see what the number they have. Where is it? Arizona, yeah, they have at five, so that's that's perfect. They have their win total at five, so I'm going to go under and say four. That is going to be a fun one to watch, though. It's going to be kind of like how I felt about Lamar Jackson. Like, I kind of don't think it's going to work, but if it does, it's going to be awesome to watch. And, I, you know, he might still be a lot of fun to watch. we got to see. I, I don't – he's another one I'm kind of selling on, but could be a lot of fun if he, if he can figure it out. So, anyways, all right, finally, NFC North. So I think with this one, I am going to go back to the old format and just kind of look at what everybody else um, has. We'll kind of go in reverse order of what's interesting. <laughs> Start with the Detroit Lions. So the Lions, they have them at six, six and a half, and seven. Now, I've already said that I, I like the roster, but I, I also need to acknowledge that there's something else a little bit more deep-seated. Because just, I mean, just looking at Stafford is more than capable. They have a really good running back. Kenny Galladay is, is on the verge of being a, a really, really good, legit number one. TJ Hawkinson, you know, Danny Amendola. There, there's other guys there. Uh, Marvin Jones, who's obviously on the downswing, but still capable of, of doing some stuff. 
defensive line has got talent. They got Trey Flowers. Um, you know, still got Darius Slay. I know he's holding out, but I'm sure that's going to get done. I, I don't. Darius Slay is smart to hold out. Other teams might want to play hardball. The Detroit Lions without Darius Slay are just nothing. Darius Slay is the guy on that team, right? You know, Walker at safety, kind of flash, but I have no idea what he's going to do. Flowers had a good year with the Patriots, but what's he going to be able to do, right? Deshaun Hand is a good run defender, but he's not a good pass rusher, and it was just one year. And it, Darius Slay is the guy, right? I, I've said before, I think he's a little overrated, but there's no question he's he's liked. He's talented. He's 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 going to be the number one, right? If you need someone to just lock a guy down, whether or not he succeeds, he's your guy. And as important as is, how did I get stuck on this? Bottom line, he's going to get paid. <sighs> I don't want to do it, but I got to go over. I just, I mean, and, and listen, I've, I've also heard a lot of other people say that it's just going to implode. This is not the right head coach. And and all that stuff I'll, I'll say is is. I'm just looking at the roster and saying this roster is a 9-win, 10-win roster, right? The offense is there. You've got the offensive line. You've got a good running back. You've got a tight end. You've got a number one wide receiver. You've got capable backups. You've got a defensive line. You've got a pass rusher. You've got a number one corner. You know, the linebackers aren't great, but I mean, that's... I'm not talking about a Super Bowl championship team here. I'm talking about 9 or 10 wins. You have all the key pieces that you need. Stafford is an elite, so what? Stafford is a second-tier quarterback. Him and Kirk Cousins and, and Andy Dalton and whoever, right? All They're good enough. So, you know, it, it's another one that I'm willing and able and ready to take the L, and I'd be happy to do it on this one as well. But I, I just, I'm just looking at it and saying over. And it, it's another one of those things, too, where if I'm wrong, it points to this, this coach may get fired. Because if you're the GM or if you're the owner and you're looking at this, you're saying, okay, we've got the guys. It could be better. We, you know, I wouldn't mind getting some better offensive line play, maybe getting a number two wide receiver, a second pass rusher, some better corners. We did go out and get Coleman from Seattle, who's a pretty good slot guy. You know, we drafted Jelani Tavai. I don't know if he's going to be any good, but if he is, I mean, bottom line is there's no excuse to put up seven wins. Seven wins is inexcusable. I know that there's low standards for the Lions, but it's still, I mean, if you're an owner, if you're a GM, if you're a head coach, baloney this roster is getting seven wins that's unacceptable so I'm, I'm gonna bet on the roster and say they get more than that they have to and if they don't which I hope they don't they need to fire their head coach or somebody because it, that's it's ridiculous again not an elite team but we're talking about six wins come on how does Stafford and and Galladay and carry on and Hawkinson how do these guys not continue to rack up points? And if they do, and we've went out and got Flowers, and we added Coleman, and, and we've got all that... It, nah, man. Nope. What's what's the highest one that I said? So Detroit, six, six, and nine, so seven. I'm still... I'm going over on seven. So I'm going to say eight. If they don't get eight and eight, and they should, somebody needs to get fired. Because that is trash. Um, next, the... We'll do Minnesota Vikings. So Minnesota, eight and a half, eight and a half, and nine. I'm, I'm just going to come right out. See, it's tough. I was going to come right out, but then I uh, backed off. The the problem, what, what I wanted to say is they should do better because I'm looking at 2017 as sort of the standard. 2018 was the anomaly, right? That was just kind of whatever went wrong. Let's get that fixed. And then we're going to go back to it. 
But looking at the roster, it's kind of... So we know we got Diggs and Thielen, right? But just comparing it to the Lions, Lions have a much better offensive line. The Lions with Hawkinson probably have a better tight end. The Vikings do have better wide receivers. I'm going to say that the quarterback is a wash, and the Lions have a better running back. So if Galladay and Diggs are even kind of close, or Galladay and Thielen, whatever, essentially the Vikings' one-up is the fact that they have a really solid number one wide receiver that Detroit doesn't. But they have a better offensive line, a better running back, and probably a better tight end situation. Defensively, obviously, is where the Vikings are ahead, but I just think it's not to the extent that a lot of people would say. Now that they have Trey Waynes, Trey Flowers, I'm getting them confused now, if Everson Griffin doesn't get back to what he was, Daniil Hunter's probably still better than Trey Flowers, but, I mean, how much better are we talking? And then across the defensive line, who's better? Even if you want to say Linval Joseph is better than anybody else the, the, the Detroit Lions has, which is debatable, the Detroit Lions have more talent along the defensive line than the Vikings do, at least by one guy, I don't know. I mean, because it's Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph, and Daniil Hunter. The, the Detroit Lions have Trey Flowers... Snacks Harrison, who's probably the best run-defending defensive lineman in the game, Ashawn Robinson, and Deshaun Hand. That's four. And again, every single one of those four players has an elite grade from Pro Football Focus. Not one on the Vikings does have one. Now, I'm, I'm leaving that aside because Daniil Hunter is a better pass rusher, and that's a lot of run-defending and all that stuff. But ju- just to point out, it's, it's not to say that the Vikings have elite defensive line and the and the Lions have garbage. That's false. So I guess what what am I saying? What I'm saying is I actually think this is a pretty good saying eight and a half to nine is not terrible for the Vikings. I want desperately to say over because it seems obvious, but why? I don't know why in my mind I just assume 2017's coming back. 2018 happened and not a lot changed. I mean they've got a new offensive coordinator. We'll see what he can do. But even if he can kind of fix that offense and sort of get that a little bit more... The problem is, the part of what made 2017 so good was the defense. What did they do to fix the defense? They've got a great defensive mind as their head coach. Why did things get so bad on defense? Why did they fall off so much from 2017 when the guy that orchestrated it was still there? And he's still there today. So what I'll do is, it's again, it's 8.5, 8.5, 9... I'm going to say it's 9. Um, if I had to choose uh, over, under on 9, I'd probably go over and say 10. But there's two eight and a halfs here. I'm going to go over and I'm going to say 9. Obviously, the Minnesota Vikings can be a very dangerous team. But I, I really just think it's it's beatable. Not easily beatable, right? Diggs and Thielen are talented. Daniil Hunter is hard to stop. If they're able to kind of coach up this offensive line and, and get the run game going, you know, it could be kind of scary. But uh, I'm going to sit at 9. Chicago Bears are different. Chicago Bears have a good offensive line. Um, they've got... Nothing's really bad, right? The, the tight end is good, not great. Wide receiver is good, not great. Although, somebody... I mean, there's two guys you really got to watch for the Bears as far as breaking out. One is Anthony Miller, who, as best as I can understand, was pretty solid last year, but just had a terrible quarterback throw into him. But him and Roquan Smith, obviously, are, are huge breakout candidates. But, um, you know, they got the running back, they got wide receivers, they got an offensive line, they got a tight end. They've got a great defensive line with maybe the best pass rusher in the NFL. They got Akeem Hicks, who's a phenomenal defensive lineman. They've got Kyle Fuller, Prince of Mukamura, you know, Eddie Jackson. I'm not looking at a bad roster. Now, it might regress, but the, the 
record for the Bears is nine and a half. And as much as I'd love to say under, like if you just said, okay, they had 12 wins last year, how many are they going to have this year? I'm going under, right? That's simple. It's hard for a team without a quarterback, and I'm not betting on Trubisky getting better. He can, and I hope he doesn't. I'm not betting on it. But at nine and a half, I, I guess it's actually kind of tough. And it shouldn't be. But, I mean, 10 wins just isn't easy. So it, it's not that obvious. And, and if, you know, the, the only way they get to 10, 11, 12, 13, however many wins, is if they sustain that defense. That's really the biggest key. If they can sustain that defense, they can get, there's no real upper limit because it's so hard to score on that team all you need is Trubisky or whoever what and Matt Nagy's good enough to be able to to utilize his quarterback and you know he shows flashes in each game so they'll get a few points defense will keep the score low you know you you can get 10 11 12 wins the, the problem is if that defense regresses and I'm, I'm just talking about if, like if they're the number nine overall defense that's still a solid defense but that's not good enough to drag along Mitch Trubisky and mediocre wide receivers and a you know decent offensive line and mediocre tight end and just kind of mediocre, mediocre, mediocre. A, a good, not great defense is not going to get you 10 wins. So they have to be able to sustain. I'm, I'm talking at least top five, probably top three if you want to get 10 wins if the offense stays the same. right? If, if Trubisky gets to be a lot better, they're, they're probably just going to get 12 wins regardless because a, a number nine defense and a top 15 quarterback with with Matt Nagy as your head coach they'll be fine so I, I'm, I'm just going to bet the over I'm going to say they get 10 wins because it's a matter of either the defense stays dominant or Trubisky gets a lot better probably either of those two options is going to culminate into 10 wins if both of those things happen it's going to be 11 12 13 wins it's only if neither of those things happen. If Trubisky does not get better and the defense does get worse, that's a situation where we're talking about maybe not even hitting 8-8. Eight and eight. Then they instantly regress back to what they were, especially if they don't have a good kicker, right? You know, Trubisky's not going to... Well, I shouldn't say he's not a closer. He, he's not super great closer, right? Game's on the line. Do you really want Trubisky? Eh. The kicking situation... That's not great. So it, it becomes one of those things where we're back to 2017 where they're really close to winning, but the quarterback can't get it done. Or they're really close to winning, but they miss a field goal. And it ends up being a super frustrating year for Chicago. So th- those are kind of the three scenarios. If if Here's my predictions across the board. If the Bears' defense regresses, and I'm talking outside of the top five, definitely if it's outside of the top ten, if, if, if the defense falls off, and Trubisky does not get better, they will at best be 8-8. Eight and eight. If, the, if one of the two stays the same, or essentially if they're pretty much the same, if Trubisky gets better but the defense falls off, or if the defense stays solid but Trubisky doesn't get better, I'm looking at about 10 wins. Because remember, they, they got 12 wins, but they were in a garbage division. If the Packers get better and the Vikings get better, they're probably not going to get 12. So if everything kind of stays the same, or if the two things reverse, 10-ish. If both, if Trubisky gets better and the defense stays as dominant, I hate to say they're going to win the Super Bowl, but it's really hard to imagine them not being at least favorites to be in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, probably. Which is just the nightmare scenario of all nightmare scenarios, where I'm just not going to watch the Super Bowl because I don't want to see the Patriots win, and I certainly don't want to see the Bears win. So that's kind of where I'm at on Chicago. And again, I'm guessing it's probably going to be one or the other, right? Either they still have a good defense or Trubisky gets better. Not both and not neither. 
and it's going to be about 10-ish wins. That's my guess for now. Finally, the Green Bay Packers, 9-9-9 across the board. And I can tell you very comfortably, I'm going to go over. Call it what you want, but exact same thing I said about Detroit. This roster is is a minimum 10-win team. Very, very good offensive line. Devontae Adams is an elite wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers is maybe the best quarterback in the game. Aaron Jones is a top 10, possibly top 5 running back. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, Adrian Amos, Blake Martinez, Darnell Savage, Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Josh Jackson. Yes, I said Kevin King. I, I, I just... You, you can't look at the roster and say that this is a nine-win roster. You can't. Last year, I said a minimum, they were a, a nine-win team. Last year. That's pre-Zadarius. That's pre-Preston. That's pre-Gary. That's pre-Amos. That's pre-Savage. That's pre-Billy Turner. That's pre-Jay Sternberger. That's pre-Matt LaFleur. I, I, I have said 10 wins is the baseline. 10 wins is kind of that, you know, I wish it was better. But that's a good jump, and for Matt LaFleur's first year, that's a good building block. From here, there's only up to go, right? That's sort of the proof of concept. Ten wins means I, th- I think we got the right guy. But that still isn't exactly the full potential. I, 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 I just want to sit here and just keep saying these names because I, I, I want to make sure we understand this is no joke. And I, I keep hearing people say it, and it annoys me. I, I, just, I, f- I think it was Tony Pauline. I don't remember. But as somebody I generally, I don't think it was. I think I know who it was, and I'll leave it alone. But I've heard him say on multiple occasions, and I've heard other people say, it's just not a very good roster. I think that's bull. I do. I think that's garbage. I mean, listen, it could be better. The the tight end situation is a question mark. But I really do believe that's going to be a strong point for the first time in a very long time, because it's not Mike McCarthy, it's Matt LaFleur. I think if if Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Equinemius St. Brown or Geronimo Allison takes even a half a step forward dominant wide receiver group because of Devontae Adams. I think if, if Rashawn Gary can be solid, or Preston Smith can continue to do what he did last year, or Zadarius Smith does what he does last year, we're going to have probably a pretty good duo on top of Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark, who are very, very good on the inside. Jair is already pretty good. He's going to take a step. I'm very, very confident in that. I think Josh Jackson is going to take a step. I don't know if he's going to be good. I think he's going to take a step. Adrian Amos, if he's even, you know, 80% of what he was with Chicago, he's going to be solid. And an upgrade over Kentrell Bryce. And Darnell Sa- I just, I don't know that there's there's too many people I'm more excited about. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the over. And, and you know what? I'm going to say 11 wins. 10 is sort of my conservative best. 10, 10 is sort of a halfway point between their full potential and coming out of, of their little bit of a hangover. I mean, it, it, I don't want to say we, because I, I don't want to assume you think anything. I seem to be having a hard time remembering what the Packers were not very long ago. When, 10, when, when 12 wins was not that big of a deal for the Packers, right? If, if somebody projected 12 wins, it wouldn't be that shocking. If you try that this year, people go, oh, you're ridiculous, not the Packers. Why not? What in the world is so much better about the 2014 Packers than this year? I mean, even 2015, which is universally recognized as a down year for Aaron Rodgers and company, 10 wins. 2016, 10 wins. 
the last two years, one of which, by the way, had Aaron Rodgers hurt all year, which really just means one year with Aaron Rodgers was a six-win season. And he was hurt and, and everything, you know, all that. The point is, and I've done this before, so I'm not going to do it again, but the, the point is, just look at the roster. I, I think if anyone honestly just looks at the roster and compares it to what the Packers have done and what Aaron Rodgers has done over the last 10 years of his career, and, and those specific rosters... Which, which, you know, there's some real good pieces, but I really don't think there's as much talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I really honestly don't. Maybe there was, you know, obviously you look at some of the defensive backs, it's hard to compare. You know, we don't have Charles Woodson. I understand that. But I, I just, I'm, I'm freaking out about the potential of the defensive backs. I think Blake Martinez is better than a lot of linebackers we've had, and I understand he's not Luke Keekly, but we've had some real lack of talent at linebacker, and as far as the defensive front as a whole, you show me a better one. I'm talking depth. I'm talking, you know, from from end to end. We've had some, you know, Clay in his heyday was a freak, but we're talking Preston, Zadarius, and Gary, and Fackrell, and on the inside, we got Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels. I just, maybe it's recency bias, I just don't think that I've seen quite this much talent. And yeah, you know, Different areas had different things, right? We had DBs in this era. We had five deep wide receivers in that era. Bottom line is, though, there's been a lot of lack of talent everywhere, and Aaron Rodgers has essentially brought us to 10 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins, 13 wins in 2007, 15 wins in 2011, playoff after playoff after playoff after playoff, and yes, a Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I'm going on the, I'm going over <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna uh, we're gonna get this bad boy uploaded. I'm gonna take a shot at uh, getting the second one done. If not, I'll get it half done for tomorrow. But uh, anyways, you folks enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and um, hopefully I'll have a second one ready. If not, bright and early tomorrow. So enjoy your day. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye bye.